Welcome back to the Created to Thrive podcast. Today is episode number 35, and I have my husband again joining me. And we're going to go into deeper discussion on what really shapes your view of God as Father. And if you know me, you know that the, the two key questions that I always ask of myself, ask of anyone that I am mentoring is, what do you believe about God? How do you see God? And then what do you believe about yourself? What's the view and opinion you have of yourself? Because your life is going to follow those two key viewpoints. And so today we are going to talk more about what shapes your view of God and what is stopping you from receiving all that God has for you. So grab your pen and paper and get ready to really partake in what God has for you today. Welcome to Created to Thrive. I'm your host, Lori Snyder. If you desire a deeper connection with God, want to know your value and purpose, then you, my friend, are in the right place. I will teach God's word in a simple and practical way to equip and empower you to become who he created you to be because you were created to thrive. I'm so honored that you are here today, friend. And if you could do me a quick favor, if you could go over to Apple Podcasts and leave me a review, if you have not done so yet, if you've been listening and this has been a blessing to you, it would really help me out if you could write me a review. So before we get on with the teaching, just push pause and then go to Apple Podcasts Find the Created to Thrive podcast, scroll down to see the stars, and then rate me and leave me a review because this helps me get uh, ranked, if you want to call it that, or for others to see faith-building podcasts that are going to help them thrive. So, all right. So here we go. I have my husband, Fred, with me today. And Fred, let's get on with teaching about... What shapes our view of God as Father, and how can we receive all that He has for us, that life that is overflowing with abundance? Well, I think you actually start off um, at a very critical key point in terms of uh, living a thriving life and, and living a life that is actually abundant or thriving and, um, and is actually a life that actually gives and a life that is actually nurturing to other people. And, and to, to, in order to do that, I think you use the right word. How do, how do you receive from God? And how do you receive his love? You know, I think all too often, you know, we look at God kind of like a stranger. And, you know, we grow up as little kids as said, don't talk to strangers. You know, or, you know, don't, don't take candy from a strangers. And, you know, in, in, in a kind of a strange sense in our natural understanding, we take that into adulthood and we actually apply that, that, um, um, from a God perspective, a misguided counsel toward God. And, and you know, you have to ask yourself, where, where, where did that come from? What shapes us? What, what keeps us from, from um, growing, drawing closer and near to God and, and really knowing Him as a Father? And really what I want to touch on today is, again, to what, what shapes our view of God that prevents us from, from 
from moving away from our own natural understanding into an understanding of leaning on him and trusting him wholeheartedly to allow, to allow us to, to, to grow and to, to live that thriving life that you say. And I just got three real, three real, what comes to mind is three major points. One, the traditions of man. Okay. What, 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 what is it about our traditions of man? Things that have ingrained in our culture that keep us from, from knowing God. And we put those traditions above what God says about himself, what God says about Jesus, the Holy Spirit, and what God says about us. So these traditions that we've ingrained into our, our, our belief system, you know, that, that kind of create a, a veil. We talk about a veil of separation. And traditions certainly do that. And the other, the other thing is um, our natural understanding. You know, we, we, we look at um, how we're raised from a parent perspective and we apply that to God. And we're, 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 you know, all too often we take a, 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 an individual, whether it's either a parent or an authoritative figure, and we take what we learn from them and really apply that to how God would treat us as well. And, and, that, and that, that's, that's not good either, right? Uh, another one is religious teachings. Um, you know, if some, I'm not saying everybody's perfect in doctrine, but some of the religious teachings can be misguided as it relates to God. God's trying to get us. God's going to judge us for our sin. God's going to, God's punitive. So, you know, some of the religious teachings are off, and some of that is actually clouded or shaped our view of God. And so those really three things, traditions of man, um, our personal or relational understanding of, of parents or authority figures and religious teachings that can be misguided basically come together and create a belief system in us. Then we actually take that belief system, we apply it to God. Okay, why do we, and, and that, then we set it up. And a lot of us, you know, we can relate to Jesus, right? A lot most, you know, and we can relate to the Holy Spirit. At least a lot of us can actually study the Holy Spirit and know him. But the Father is one of those things that, that <laughs> can really... Uh, get us off the rails and and really derail our life because because we don't we we think we don't know him or we we we've tagged him as with a personality or with a character trait that that are inaccurate and so I really just want to address those today those three things yeah and I you know I talk to a lot of women that I mentor and the role of God the Father is one that really hinders people. And, um, you know, you as a man, you know, we, we've had to walk through that just in, in our marriage and in your life. But at, again, I have so many women that I talk to that really have a hard time. Um, and one of my key scriptures that God highlighted to me years ago is Second Corinthians thirteen fourteen, And it says, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. And the Lord really highlighted to me that we have to know these components to have the oneness that Jesus is talking about in John 14, 15, 16, 17, about that oneness that when he says that when you see me, you see the Father, and then I'm going to give you I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit, which is of the same kind of Jesus. It's, it's, it's his spirit that's going to come and live and abide in us. And we just have so often a wrong view of God as Father because of these areas that you just mentioned. And so I'm excited to go into this because 
again, we want to give you practical application of how do I take God's word and wrestle with it. And, and, and if you know me, I talk about wrestling with God and God loves that because that's that relational engagement. And he wants you to have your whole heart established in his love because faith works through love. And if we don't receive the love of God as father, we're always going to be striving to perform, to receive or to achieve that love versus really realizing that it's the goodness of God that causes us to change and want to um, follow him. So let's dive into the first one that you were talking about, the traditions of man. So what do you mean by by that exactly? Well, anytime a, um, an ingrained systematic um, process of for, that's developed by, by man that we apply to God or to become a tradition. And, and I look actually as performance, so, or, or performance in, in um, I look at striving to be a tradition. Why do I look at that as a tradition of man? Because we're, we're constantly told that you have to strive to be better. You, you, you're, you're constantly told you got to get A's. <laughs> it starts as really school kids, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, we promote, we, we exalt all the great students. Right. And, and, and we award the great students. We reward performance. We reward all the, you know, we put people on pedestals when they're first, second, and third, and all of the other average people like myself when it comes to stuff like that we're always right so we always reward this performance thing so we're, that's a tradition of man is performance and being rewarded mm-hmm. and the value is actually in the result versus actually the value of the person in in the, the person each individual person as, as well i would say that is a tradition of man and so when it comes to relating to god you know did i mess up okay so i don't get to go to the pedestal so now it's now it's about not so much what Jesus, what God did through Jesus and through the gifting of the Holy Spirit, but it's about what I did. Mm-hmm. And that's how that performance thing can actually, in a, from a traditional standpoint, ingrain your thinking on how God views views you. Um, you know, we just promote all of the tremendous athletes in the Olympics. You go basketball championships, we have parades. But, you know, for somebody that's not in that or somebody that's trying to relate to God from a performance standpoint based in an ingrained tradition of, of tradition of man, you know, you, you all of a sudden create a barrier in your heart that God's not happy with me because I didn't do all this or I didn't achieve all this or I messed up. Right. And I think that how, that affects us significantly how we how we view, how we view God. And in in when you don't understand the totality of what Jesus did, and you don't understand this side of the cross or this side of Pentecost or this side of the cross, I mean, you just you're you're always constantly in a state of performance. And I think that's a tradition that we 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 put upon ourselves, and we try to keep we try to to um, accomplish and sustain and it's not sustainable and and it leads to disheartenment it really we think god's viewing us from a performance standpoint okay what's the what's the next one well the the family role or the natural or natural understanding of man so ascribing your natural father to the quality of god correct yes or or any other authority figure you know it's really interesting when um it really goes back to how people how, how, how people saw Jesus. You know, when Jesus was starting his ministry and he's doing wonderful things, um, uh, you know, he, he actually, his, his fame went out before him. And then when he went back to his hometown, he could do no good work. Well, why could he do no good work? 
because of unbelief. Right. Why did they have unbelief? Because how could this kid that grew up in our town, okay, that was the son of the carpenter, the, 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 whose mother was Mary, who had all these brothers and sisters, how can he have such great wisdom? How can he do all the things that he said? So what was going on here? They were viewing Jesus through natural understanding versus through the truth and truth through the word of God. Mm-hmm. You know, in, in, in another passage of scripture that Jesus said, he said, you, you, know, you, you know the words of Moses, but, and you see what I do, but you don't believe. Okay, so what did it say? So what's happening there is they're looking at Jesus through natural understanding. And in, in a lot of sense, we're no different than the people of Nazareth. We're actually applying how we see a father or how we see an authority figure based on what we've experienced, okay, versus what the word says and what truth is. So we exalt that natural understanding above truth and above God's word and above what he says about himself, what he says about Jesus, the Holy Spirit, and actually what he says about ourselves. Right. We exalt our natural understanding even over ourselves, like the, with the Father and with ourselves. And what that does is create a hindrance of actually receiving God's love. We have a hard time accepting that we're actually his kids, his children. We have now, when we're born again, we have that same nature. But we have a hard time because of our unrenewed mind, our unbelief, in our natural understanding to receive the love of the Father because of that that hindrance of natural understanding. You know, I I I, I remember when when you were prayed for my for a lady in um, in Grand Rapids, Michigan, who was actually healed of cancer. Um, one of the her words that came out of her mouth is, "Oh, I feel so sad." And her her I'm gonna summarize her comment, but her comment was essentially that I I sorry I didn't go through the cancer because I think God was gonna teach me something. Right. That's so disheartening. Yeah. Because I mean, if you look at Jesus's ministry, God's one with the Father. Right. They do this. I mean, he didn't put sickness on people. No. He took it away. Right. Right. So. You know, that natural understanding that God's trying to teach me something, he's going to punish me, or he's going to put sickness on us, is so erroneous and so, right. it's such a lie right. that's, that's believed by so many people in the church. And they go they go to church on Sunday to try to get right with God so that they don't have to deal with bad stuff. And it's just so wrong. Right. Yeah, I want to talk about that get right with God thing, but not yet. So let's <clears throat> stay on the... Um... You know, it. if you're looking at, so anyone who's listening, if you're putting your natural father or authority figure, maybe it's a grandfather, if you didn't have a father or an uncle or even a brother, someone that represented that authority, if you're ascribing those abilities and, and tendencies and attributes to God the Father, then you're going to be living a life that is always going to um, prevent you from understanding the goodness of God. And I really believe that everything comes down to questioning God's true nature and goodness because we have not been taught it as a whole because so many times we're looking at it from an old covenant standpoint where God related to man differently, but we have to, to your point, understand the nature of God through the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. And 
God is only a good God. And if if you have grown up in a family too, or maybe you had a lot of siblings and you didn't get very much attention, you were just one of the children and you were always striving to get the attention of the father, then you're going to do that with in the spiritual too, with relating to God the Father. Yeah, and, and that and the only way to really overcome that is to get into the truth. And to, and to start renewing your mind and getting changing, restructuring your belief system and, and, and overcoming those traditions and those natural natural assumptions that, that you're trying to trying to spiritualize natural assumptions. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it's just it, and so it's essentially it's a trap. Yeah. You just you, it, it is a trap. And then reinforced by erroneous religious teachings that reinforce that from, from a, a religious influence. And, you know, Jesus rebuked really two people when he was in ministry. He, the religious minded that couldn't see, couldn't, could, couldn't see it. Right. Okay. And unbeliever. He even rebuked the, the disciples because of their unbelief. Yeah. And, and so those two things, and, and, you know, really have to overcome those and remove those obstacles to open your heart up to receive the love of God. You know, in scripture, it says that um, every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father of lights. And then in a in a second part of that, where who who does not change, whereas no 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 change, he, his love is perfect. He is perfect. He's not putting sickness on people. He's not putting people in bad situations. He's not testing you to to with evil. No. He tests you with good. And it's a different. That's a whole other teaching, but it, he's perfect. He's well, it's good. a maturity factor, it is right? Maturity. It's not a testing as far as he's challenging to see. He's really showing you. And I hate. I don't even like we're using that word test because it does get twisted and and it's been manipulated by the religious teachings and traditions that get you. Uh, focus on your self-performance versus, again, everything in the Christian life has to do with the performance of Jesus, not your performance. We are called to be believers, to believe the goodness of God, the gospel, which is the, the almost too good to be true good news of Jesus's performance in his death, burial, and resurrection, and then our simple belief and trusting in that goodness and in his accomplishments for us to move forward. You know, I didn't have a, um, you know, uh, back when we were going through our junk, I, I didn't have a revelation of the goodness of God no. and the in, in faith, righteousness, and, and who I was in him. Right. I had a very religious, old religious feeling that every that I was a sinner saved by grace, which is not true. I, I didn't understand righteousness. You didn't know the new nature. And I didn't un- understand the totality of Jesus' salvation that he took was a propitiation for our sin. It took all sin away, past, present, and future. Okay, that scares a lot of people because everybody thinks they're going to rot in sin, but it's actually the opposite. <laughs> right. And you know what? It, sh- it shouldn't scare you because when you get a hold of righteousness and you get a hold of who God is and who you are, you actually move away from that, right? And anyways, I just remember being such a such a adolescent you know i like to call myself baby christian i was like a t- I, at that point i was kind of like a teenage christian i think we actually moved through this maturity phase in christianity right. and you actually when you're born again you're a baby i don't know regardless of what age you are and then you go through this adolescent stage of christianity and and that's where i was and i was really struggling when you and i were stuck. i was really a spiritual teenager 
that I was mad at God. I was whiny. God, why did you put me on this? Why did you make me? Why did why it's so hard? And you know, at that point, I was struggling with alcohol. And struggling with a lot of things, really. I mean, everything was a struggle because I was an adolescent. I did not know who I was, and I did not appropriate authority. I did not understand identity, and I didn't understand the goodness of God. He was, he wanted to help me versus I thought I had to perform. I couldn't perform. I was, I, I just couldn't do it. And, and I remember one night I had it out with him. Of course, I was drinking a lot, and I one night I just had it out with him. You call that wrestling with God? Right. Yeah, it was a full. I gave him just a full. Well, just you know, I was just accusing him of everything, and well, and you had self hatred too. Well, yeah, well, I was accusing God of that. Mm-hmm. I I wasn't taking responsibility for anything, and 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 I remember having it out with him and just letting him have it at night, and I fell asleep, and I woke up the next day, and I was alive. I know it sounds really weird, but I thought God was going to zap me for having it out with them. Well, because you finally got honest no, no, no. with your... I got honest with them, but also told my heart or told me what I thought of God as being a punitive God based in performance. Right. And that's when it all started to change. Wait a minute. I'm, I am I woke up and I felt free. Right. I felt great. And, and that was a big change for me because I realized that God was not punitive. I started understanding a deep understanding that he actually loved me regardless of uh, my, my, and I'm going to use this, uh, my immaturity in the faith. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, I realized that, wow, this guy, and I went trout fishing that day and I, and I love trout fishing, right? I go sit there in the fly rod and spend five hours a day on a, on a trout stream. No problem. Right. But I was in a real rut because my heart wasn't right. Right. And when my heart woke up that morning, my heart just seemed right because I got honest with God, honest with myself. I had one of the greatest fly fishing days I've had in like years. It was a blast. I was full of joy. Joy started coming back into me. And I just invited God to go trout fishing with me. Mm-hmm. Now, for those that think God just shows up at a church to make sure you sing right, you hymn right, everything goes plan, you're out on time, you smile to everybody, you know, you had a wonderful church experience, that's not him. He'd rather be on a trout stream with you somewhere, <laughs> enjoying life. <laughs> he wants to partner with you and having fun. Right. And so that was really the start of my understanding that the tradition of man or performance, the everything I learned from a from a from a man-made religious perspective or really you know to to finish it up is how I related to God based on uh, an authority figure in my life it went out the window mm-hmm. now I, I realized that that day that okay now I can start living now I can start growing that everything I had created in my belief system and in my mind about God was actually wrong and it was hindering me from walking a life of abundance and walking, and probably even more importantly, walking in a life of joy, mm-hmm. that eternal thing that flows from out of you. That, mm-hmm. wow, this, he's not who I thought he was. Right. So that started the prolonged process of healing in my heart. It started the process of, of, of yearning to be with God versus trying to appease God, learning to enjoy my time with him in in the small details of life and the wonders of life and in his creation versus always having to you know to to put a to to always go back to Egypt and work you know I use Egypt as the world system or the right. system of performing the system right. of of working and and it changed everything when I 
over that time frame. And, right. you know, it was, it was a hard point in my life and I had a long ways to go, but I just, that, that day, that night was such a monumental change that when I woke up that morning, know that God actually loved me and he wasn't looking at me based on performance. So, you know, from that day, I actually looked at the story of the prodigal son of the father running out when he seen his son at a distance. Mm-hmm. I totally look at that story differently after that day. How so? Well, he had a party. Mm-hmm. Okay. He wasn't about, didn't, didn't say anything. The father didn't say anything about his mistakes. Right. He, what's the first thing he did? Put a ring on his finger and a cloak around him. He, he brought him back and reminded the son of his a true identity. Yeah. And he covered him because he was naked. And, and to me, that was that, that whole scripture changed that day when I was on a trial stream. Mm-hmm. They actually enjoyed it. We're going to go have a party. Yeah. Because my son was dead, now he's alive. And the father was actually looking. There's a lot son. there, a yeah. lot to unpack, and and it's 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 so unreligious, it's so non-traditions of men. Because the tradition of the of the Hebrews or the Jewish people at that point was you couldn't eat pork. You could, I mean, you just, I mean, not, not that that had anything to do with it, but he was wallowing with them. Right. Yeah. Okay. It was against tradition. Right. He was at the lowest point of his life. Yeah. So that whole thing made a difference. And, and you know, there's a lot of people out there that struggle with the father. Right. And and they because they have the wrong belief system. And, and, and you know, in, in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, where it says that we not on our own understanding. Right. right. Trust in the Lord with all your How heart. do you trust somebody you don't know? Yeah. Like, again, start of the pot, start of the today's podcast. You know, don't take. Don't, don't don't talk to strangers or don't don't take candy from strangers. Well, we can, you know, crazily enough, we actually look at God that way. Mm-hmm. You know, we're not going to receive from him because we really don't know him. Mm-hmm. We're going to keep him at arm's length, mm-hmm. and um, it's just really sad because he's got so so many good things for everybody, and even down to the detail mm-hmm. detail of life, the fun mm-hmm. things, the good things. Well, and and a point is too is that you had to overcome the orphan spirit that you had picked up that you looked at yourself as an orphan well i mean i i don't know if i looked at myself as an is is an orphan um i i just uh, you know I, it, it's just trying it, to do life on your own let me yeah i don't know that's way. a little different yeah, yeah let yeah, me just put yeah, it that way yeah, you're not an orphan so yeah no but i but i'm saying there's a spirit behind that 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 you don't have that good loving father to help you and protect you and shape you to where you're trying to do life on your own. Well, I mean, with the lack of, I, th- I think from with, when there's a, a, um, when you're not trained or taught or, or, um, you actually, if you don't really, I think you default to performance when that is a, there's a void there in your heart. Yeah. And, 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 um, uh, you know, and it's hard to, hard to fill that like You fill it with all the other things, trying to appease, trying to fill it with a false identity, right, mm-hmm. essentially, mm-hmm. either performance or, or you lose heart and you, and you go the other direction. You're going to over, overly perform or you're going to, um, systematically destroy yourself the other way and not perform at all because right. you're afraid or something like that. So what changed for you that day as far as how you saw God and how you saw yourself? Um, well, it wasn't about me at that point. It was really how I saw God. So I wasn't, I was just amazed that God still would 
I, the, the joy was actually, the spigot of joy was actually flowing that day. And, and, and I was really, my view of God started to change that very day. And I think, you, you know, you're, I don't think you can truly know who you truly are until you understand the Father. Mm-hmm. And once you understand, uh, you really can't receive, no, you can't love yourself. You can't, no. you can't operate in the fullness of your life until you truly understand the Father. Because right. if you can't understand the Father... You really don't understand Jesus, right? Because they're one. I mean, two. I don't know how the Trinity define the Trinity. I'm not going to do that today and teach on that. But you know, Jesus said, "If you've seen me, you've seen the Father." But some way we screw that up. But if you do not fully receive see the Father, then you really truly don't believe Jesus or or receive the fullness of Jesus in your life. Mm-hmm. And then you will never, never embrace the ministry of the Holy Spirit as well so it just kind of cascades down so to answer your question i had to get that right first and it took a while it takes a while sure but once you understand that then you understand that you're born again of his nature of his children now you can really start understanding who you truly are and you know you're not perfect by any means nobody's perfect but god but you know it's different because he's not impugning sin anymore Right. Well, and he's not—he's not relating to you based on your perfection. He's, he's relating to you based on Jesus's. Yeah, he looks at you through the blood, and he enjoys you, and he wants that intimate relationship right. with you. You know, and there's a lot of people out there that you know they—they they call it greasy grace, or afraid of teaching that because they think people are going to run out and destroy themselves. Or it's actually the opposite. The more you actually grow and focus on him, is the more you spend time with him. The less the, all that all that all those things in your life that destroy you actually fall away yeah and that's where you know a lot of times if if you again you got to look at what you've been taught if you've been taught that grace gives you a license to sin then you don't understand grace and i teach or i talk to a lot of women who do not understand the grace of god and simply put the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ is his enabling power to do what you can't do in your own strength. Forgiveness, for example, is Jesus's grace and operation because I can't forgive in my own strength. I can try to, but there's that enablement that allows me to do it because I understand that I have been forgiven. So then I can release that to someone else. And that's the grace of Jesus Christ. So we're just going to end this today uh, with the thought of what if what you've been thinking about God does not line up with his truth? You know, it says the traditions of man make, um, or the doctrines and traditions of man makes God's word um, ineffective, basically void and causes us not to believe his truth. And so I just want to invite you into really asking God to give you the revelation because it does take a revelation, that heart opening to have the eyes of your understanding open to know the goodness of God, that God is life, light, and love. And in him there is no shadow of turning. There is no... Um, darkness. And so um, we just want to invite you to really dig into 
that founding scripture that I mentioned earlier, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, his enablement, his empowerment, his divine influence on your heart to do what you can't in your own understanding or your own strength, but to be led by the Holy Spirit and the love of the Father, that he's a good, good Father, and he is so for you and only has your best interest at heart. And the communion, that fellowship, that koinonia, that oneness of the Holy Spirit who lives inside the born-again believer to be always present in your thoughts. So I just want to thank you for listening and um, We look forward to having future discussions on this. God bless.